I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description, standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Joseph Smith History 1, 16 and 17 This is the Oakland-San Francisco Clarion Call. Welcome everyone to our P-Day podcast. I'm Elder Christofferson. And I'm Elder Pugh. And this is a brand new podcast that we're starting up. It definitely is. <laughs> and it has taken us a long time just to figure out all the little details to get to this point. And I'm honestly very excited. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. I just never had the opportunity to jump into one, you know? Oh, me too. I mean, like, doing a podcast has always been something on the back of my mind. Uh, but I never exactly thought how I would do it. <laughs> but yeah. I guess we're doing yeah. it now, so. Yeah, with the quarantine being in act. Uh, active at the moment, it has driven us to find creative means of spreading the gospel, since we are not allowed to go knocking doors or anything like that, which is unfortunate. It, it It's actually kind of depressing, to be honest. <laughs> it's a little discouraging, yeah. I mean, going from going like 100 miles an hour, uh, being outside tracting for like six hours a day, and visiting members to uh, sitting in your house all day, calling people. <laughs> it's a big yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a big change, big jump, and it's something that we have to get used to. And uh, to kind of go back, that little scripture that we read at the beginning was something that we called Joseph Smith's first vision. Um, what do you know about Joseph Smith? Like, what are your favorite things about? My favorite things about Joseph Smith. Well. Oh, and for those of our viewers, our listeners, not viewers, you can't see us, but our listeners at home who don't know who Joseph Smith is. Um, could you give us like a brief explanation? No, oh, sure. Joseph Smith is the prophet of the restoration. The restoration being Jesus Christ's original church being restored to the earth by a prophet having been lost after the apostles passed away. And so we believe that this is not a reformed church that has any connections with other churches, but is a actual restoration of the original church placed on the earth during these latter times, latter days. Mm -hmm. But Joseph Smith is someone that I deeply respect. When I was... Uh, well, I was an inactive member before I came out on a mission. Really? Yeah, so I didn't uh, didn't really know a whole, a whole lot about the church. Um, I think I thought I was active, even though I never went to church or, or did, had anything to do with the church. <laughs> but I gained a really strong conversion to the Book of Mormon when I was, I think, around 17. And so I knew the Book of Mormon was true. Along with that conversion, I gained a conversion towards uh, Jesus Christ as my Savior and Redeemer, and also a conversion to God's love for me personally. But before the mission, I didn't have a conversion to Joseph Smith, per se. Yeah. I, mean, I had an intellectual 
understanding, like I thought, if the Book of Mormon is true, then Joseph Smith must have been a prophet. Logic. But, logic, exactly. <laughs> but I didn't feel like he was a prophet until I came out on my mission. I learned more about Joseph Smith. I read uh, the volumes of Saints in Gospel Library that talk about church history. And I grew to really respect Joseph Smith for the sacrifices that he made, the integrity that he had through the trials and the suffering he went through. He wasn't a perfect person, but I don't know any prophet that was perfect or that is perfect. They're all striving to be perfect. They're all striving. But he was an outstanding individual, uh, especially for what he had to deal with. And so I, I really respect him as, a, as an individual. He has a lot of things that we can learn from him too, especially about receiving answers to prayers. Because uh, that's exactly what he did in that, that vision that he had, the one that was recited in the beginning of this podcast. Is he, at first, it started with a question. And he wanted to know which church was true. Um, and he read in the Bible, in James chapter 1, verse 5, which propelled his question even further. It said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. That's a pretty common invitation in the Bible, is to ask. Ask God if these things are true. Ask God for direction and guidance. Things like that. Yeah, that's a very good scripture. And, yeah, I, I also have like a very good testimony about Joseph Smith. Like, uh, my family history um, is very interconnected with the... Uh, inner workings of the church, um, especially near the very beginning of the church. Uh, close friends with the prophet and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it has always just been a part of my life and I just continue to appreciate what those um, early saints had to go through. I'm, I'm not suffering the same thing, but uh, sometimes, like especially during this quarantine, there was a time when Joseph Smith was thrown into a place called Liberty Jail, which had only a roof of five feet high. Dang. And it's not a comfortable place. Cobblestone floor, um, straw beds that aren't even beds per se, just piles of straw stacked in the corner. Uh, yeah, it was cold, dark, and they hardly got any food in there. And they were in there for weeks. Uh, much like us right now in our quarantine. And I'm not comparing, I'm not comparing right. per se. Um, I'm just saying that we, as a modern group of people, that's probably the closest thing that we have to understand and feel exactly how Joseph Smith felt at the moment. If that makes sense. If oh, that yeah. makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Because we are by no means exactly in the same place that he was. Right. I think... What really sticks out to me about Joseph Smith's circumstances and the circumstances of the saints at the time is just the sheer amount of faith they had. Mm -hmm. They had so much faith in God and they believed in miracles. Mm -hmm. But they not only believed in miracles, they expected miracles to happen. Exactly. And um, I actually have like a really good scripture on that. Um, I pulled it up to the side for those of you who can't see. Um, it says, it's 2 Nephi 27, 23, and it says, 
For behold, I am God, and I am a God of miracles, and I will show unto you the world that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I work not among the children of men, save it be according to their faith. Uh, for those of you who didn't really understand, it's basically saying that God is bound by our faith. And that if we continue to believe in him, and we continue to have faith in him, that he will perform miracles for us. He will fulfill his promises, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he has always been the same. And he has done this um, millions of hundreds of years before us and he will continue to do it until we are long gone yeah i think the the saints of jesus christ's age and the apostles they had that same belief in miracles um, as did the early saints of the restoration and that's why they saw miracles is because god works among the children of men according to their faith mm -hmm. and so if we expect miracles ourselves if we don't get discouraged we're not just discouraged if we if we don't give up and we continue to have faith and continue to expect miracles regardless of our shortcomings regardless of disappointments then we will begin to see miracles mm -hmm. well said well said um there was always like one thing i always thought of um like okay here's here's just like a little question for you and uh, you as in Do elder pew doctor i was about to call you a doctor hey, <laughs> not you. yet not yet yeah, one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> um but the question that i have is like so god loves us right right so would he only teach the children that were in jerusalem at the time like would he only teach the people that believed in christ over in jerusalem or or would he teach like people elsewhere well, i'm sure he would teach people elsewhere i think you know um, you know, in in the Bible, it talks about how the tribes of Israel were scattered, mm -hmm. and I'm sure they're scattered to other parts of the world. Um, I I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah, it just begs like the question because there's a lot of people that kind of like um, don't understand why we believe in the Book of Mormon, right? And how we claim that it is another testament of Jesus Christ and that they're like, oh, this is your, this is your newfangled Bible and, 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 and yeah, you're trying to replace the original Bible. Right. <laughs> That's not what we're trying to do. <laughs> we're, the Book of Mormon, just like it says on the cover, is another testament of Jesus Christ. We are only confirming the things in the Bible with another perspective. Yeah. The Book of Mormon has events that happened before Christ's birth, during his life, and after his death. Yeah, and it all took place in the Americas, in the ancient Americas. Um, you know, that's the other side of the world. They got, you got the main continent of Europe and, and uh, Asia and stuff, and then you have the Americas. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and it just never made sense to me. Like, why would, like, if we all love Jesus Christ and we believe in him, why is it so hard to understand that he would try teaching other children, like other people in the world? Yeah. If God love, if Jesus loves us, why would he? Would he teach us? Like. That actually, you like, know, yeah. that reminds me of a scripture. I don't know how um, to phrase it. <laughs> let me let me pull it up real quick. It's um, if I remember correctly, it's John ten sixteen. Let me pull it up. But um, 
But this scripture, it talks about Jesus Christ's other sheep. When he was talking to his disciples, he said, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Hmm. That's a good scripture. Yeah. I'll have to mark that down somewhere. What is that? Uh, what do you think of that scripture, Elder? So, of course, knowing Jesus Christ, he's probably speaking as in a parable or just as a metaphor for something else. Um, I'm believing that sheep in this case is like uh, us, like people. Yeah. And that another fold, a fold is typically like a, a herd or a flock of sheep. Yeah. A flock. That's so, something with the like, geese or something like so that. Another group of people, <laughs> essentially. But yeah, I know. Yeah, like, another group of people that he would... Um, teach yeah and that's the, one of the reasons i love that scripture so much is because it's referencing the people here in the americas those were the other sheep that jesus christ jesus christ said he had to go and visit hmm. uh, he specifically said he, he was going to go and visit them and so he did mm -hmm. uh, here in the americas the ancient americas yeah that's very true that's very good and what yeah and just to kind of go back a little bit like people having a hard time believe in the Book of Mormon because yeah. whether it's like oh no um, I, I don't want to disappoint my grandparents that are watching from heaven I don't want to break tradition like we've always been Catholic so we're going to continue to be Catholic that's how we are um, and it it just makes it a little bit more difficult to teach because they're closing themselves off because you know something that their parents have told them to yeah absolutely I think it's important to know one of the best ways to find out what is true and what is not. Mm -hmm. And that also means you have to be willing to give up tradition. Yeah. You have to be willing to give up things that, that essentially you believe in only because others believe it. Mm. And to be able to find truth, you have to be open to truth. And the best way to find truth mm -hmm. is just through prayer. Just asking God if it's true. Absolutely. That's the way, you know, I did it. <laughs> and I gained my own, uh, my own answers to my prayers. And, many and here people, you are. Many people do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's actually a, there's a scripture that's well known among missionaries. And it is called Moroni's Promise. It's in Moroni 10, 4 and 5, which is near the back of the Book of Mormon. Uh, just before the index. And it says, And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that ye would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you. By the power of the Holy Ghost, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, ye may know the truth of all things. Now, one of the things I find very interesting about this is that it asks you to ask if these things are not true. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like, we typically ask people to believe and pray that these things are true. Yeah. It seems kind of odd to ask if it's not true. Well, I guess it might make it easier for people to ask if they're asking in like, cause that's kind of a lot of people's mindset already. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Awkward pause. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Yeah. Like, one of the thoughts that I have is, like, if God testifies of truth... Yeah. So, he will testify the truth to you through the Holy Ghost. And if you ask that it's not true, the Holy Ghost will correct you into knowing that it is true by manifesting itself unto you. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. The Holy Ghost will... Um, and, you know, <clears throat> the way that people often say the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> sorry. You're good. <laughs> the way that people often say the Holy Spirit feels to them um, is it feels like a warmth or a peace that comes over you, a feeling of God's love or a feeling of his enlightenment, if that makes sense. And, I mean, that's how I've always felt for me is it feels like, you know, peace or when I'm you know, prayerfully studying scriptures, like the Bible, the Book of Mormon, and then I feel enlightenment, a sense of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Anything that good, anything that is good is of God, and it says in the scriptures. But one of my favorite scriptures that describes the Holy Spirit is Helaman 5.30. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And this description of the Spirit is also found in the Bible as well, but it says, and it came to pass when they heard this voice. And this is a people that <clears throat> they are in the Book of Mormon that um, they are um, they are imprisoning these two prophets, and they're hearing this voice that is speaking to them um, after some earthquakes and stuff. And it says, and it came to pass when they heard this voice. And beheld that it was not a voice of thunder, neither was it a voice of a great tumultuous noise. But behold, it was a still voice of perfect mildness, as if it had been a whisper. And it did pierce even to the very soul. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. And that's how I've always felt the spirit is. It's a still voice. It's a mild voice of perfect mildness. And it pierces to the very soul. And that's how God speaks to us oftentimes. And we only need to, to listen and to take the time to listen and to ask. And God will, will answer our prayers and our questions and guide us with that feeling of the Spirit, the Comforter, uh, that, uh, that friend. Mm. Absolutely. And as we're closing to the end of our missionary podcast it, um yeah i feel like we had like a really good discussion today oh yeah definitely and to all of our viewers thank you so much for joining us and before we close off this podcast um we would like to bear our testimony that i personally know that the book of mormon is the word of god and that i know that the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints is the one true church that was restored oh, um, was restored through the prophet Joseph Smith and I know that Joseph Smith restore, restored Christ's church upon the earth today and that currently our prophet Russell M. Nelson is the tr prophet seer 
and Revelator. And I can say these things with an assuredness and a profound faith. And I can say that I know these things are true. And I say these things in it. Oh, sorry. I also know these things are true. I, I know that this gospel, the original gospel of Jesus Christ has been restored to the earth through a prophet. This is not a new thing. This is how God has worked since the beginning. And we share these things with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I was about to, yeah, no I was about to close it up. It's, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, this is, um, if you noticed, we are actually in our car because we are missionaries and we do not have a good sound booth for podcasts or anything right. like that. So <laughs> this is the closest we we'll get. Um, yeah, mid-testimony, car turned on. Like the engine started revving. Anywho. Um, by no means are we perfect, and we will continue to try dishing out podcasts every P-Day, or whatever day throughout the week we finally manage to finish it. Um, we want to keep doing this. It, it, it's very fun. Very it relaxing, and just getting to talk about the spirit. And thank you so much for listening to the Oakland-San Francisco Clarion Call. Zelda Christofferson. This is Elder Pugh. Signing off. Good night, everybody.